The First Home Savings Account, or FHSA, is a new type of registered plan available to Canadians. That's great news for potential home buyers, but it's also yet another financial acronym we need to remember. Yeah, it's acronym soup, right? TFSA, OUSP, OSP, and now there's FHSA. That's our guest, Kingsley Chack. It might seem daunting, but when you talk about all of it, it makes sense. And that's exactly what Kingsley's here to do. He's the Senior Vice President of Deposits, Savings and Investments at Scotiabank. So he's the perfect person to explain the ins and outs of the new FHSA and how you might be able to take advantage. He'll also give us a refresher on all those other savings account acronyms you've heard of but might not be 100% clear on. So you'll come away knowing the ABCs of TFSAs, RRSPs, RESPs, and more. I'm Stephen Maurice, and this is Perspectives. Kingsley, thanks so much for joining me again. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So we'll get right into it. Tell me about the first home savings account. What is it for? Yeah, the first home saving account, as the name suggested, is to help Canadians to save money to buy their first home. It has the benefit of RSP in terms of the contribution is tax deductible. And it also has the benefit of a TFSA when you withdraw it to use it to buy first home. You also don't pay any income tax on it. So it's a really good vehicle to save some money to contribute to your first home. And why was it necessary, do you think? Home prices has been going up and home affordability has been a big issue in Canadians' minds. And in the last federal budget, there was a couple levers the federal government has deployed and the FHSA is one of them to help Canadians to save more to get to their first home. Right, because you need a big down payment these days for a house. Absolutely. So tell me how it works. You explained a little bit already about sort of the tax benefits, how it looks like both an RRSP and a TFSA. Maybe a little bit more detail on that. How does it actually work? Yeah, so with the FHSA, every year you can contribute up to $8,000. So for example, if you open the account and you only contribute four out of that 8000 for next year, you actually can have 12000 8 plus 4, to contribute to it. right? But every year you can only carry over $8,000. Okay. Right? So when you put that $8,000 in, you get a tax deductible when you get your tax return. And once the money is in the FHSA account, you can invest it in mutual funds, savings account, GIC, or any other vehicle, and you grow that money. And so once you have a home that you want to buy, you can take the money out, and that's tax exempt. So right. let's say you get the 40000 with some investment, you get a 45000 you take that out, you can put that 45000 in totality into the purchase of your first home. Right. So like an RSP, any money that you put in is tax deductible. It comes off of your taxable income. Yep. And like a TFSA, any extra income that you generate off of that interest or investment income, whatever vehicle you put it in, that's also tax-free when it comes out. Yeah. And I would say for RSP, when you finally make a withdrawal from RSP, the total amount is taxable. Right. right, including the money that you put in. Right, right? So, so it counts as income in the year that you take it. Exactly. Yeah. For FHSA, if you're using the dollar for your first home, that is tax exempt, which is right. good. Who would be most interested in doing that? Obviously, first-time home buyers. Is it something that people at a very young age should consider as maybe the first thing that they would start saving in as opposed to an RSP or a TFSA? Yeah, so one of the really interesting thing about this is, you know, you have 15 years to okay. buy a home once you open the account. Right. And after 15 years, if you decide, hey, I'm going to be a lifelong renter, I don't want to buy a home, mm-hmm. you can take that $40,000 and put it into your RSP. Right. So essentially, you get 40000 more contribution room in your RSP. So it doesn't count against whatever your RSP limit was... 
It's it like doesn't. additional RSP space exactly. if you decide to not use it to exactly. buy it. So for any Canadians who turn 18 and thinking about saving for their retirement for RSP, if you don't own a home, basically put your money in FHSA first because that gives you the flexibility to right. use the money to buy a new home or if you don't buy a new home, have that extra amount going RSP in the future. Okay, so it's pretty flexible in mm-hmm. a whole bunch of ways. Yeah. So what are the rules around it? Who can contribute to it? Who can't? What are the requirements to be able to make a contribution to this new type of savings account? Yeah, so you need to be a Canadian resident. You need to be 18 years of age. Okay. You cannot own a home in the past four years or in the year that you contribute to FHSA. That year, you cannot own a home. Okay. The last criteria is the home needs to be your primary residence. It cannot be your first home, but an investment property. Okay. Could parents or grandparents create an account for their kids and start that savings for them? No. So the account needs to be opened by the person who uses it, right? So unlike LESP, you cannot contribute to someone else, FHSA, and get the tax benefit. But what you can do is you gift the amount to the individual and the individuals can contribute to the FHSA. Right. So your parents could just gift you that early on instead of helping you with the down payment Right. Later on when you're actually buying a house, which a lot of people do these days, I guess. Right. And do you have any tips for the best way to use this account? Any tips for people? Yeah. 15 years once the plan is open to buy a house, that's a long period of time, right? So starting early never hurts. And every year you can contribute up to $8,000. And there's only one year carryover. So making sure you're contributing every year. So you can only contribute $40,000 no matter what. But whatever growth happens on the $40,000 is tax-free That's over right. the course of potentially 15 years. 15 years, right. Okay. If you're thinking about, as we talked a little bit before, thinking about contributing to RSP or FHSA, put in your FHSA first and max that out right. before moving to RSP. Right. And say you're a young couple and you're starting a plan to buy a house, could each of those people start their own FHSA and pool those savings together? towards the purchase of a home? Yes, they can. So each of them can start their own FHSA account and when they buy the home, they can go in together because in order to use the FHSA amount to buy a home, you need to have at least 10% equity stake. Right. So even if you want to buy a home with friends, right? you can have four friends and each of you go in for 25% and that's everyone's first home, each of them can use the FHSA amount to contribute to that home. So in theory, you could have 80000 plus whatever additional earnings you've had over those investments. As a couple, you could have yep. more than $80,000 yep. towards a home. So that's amazing. So when will the savings account be available? Yeah, it's coming really soon to Scotiabank. So if you're interested in keeping up to date, go to our website and to FHSA product page, and you can sign up for the updates. Alternatively, make an appointment to talk to your advisors and start thinking about what's the best way to leverage this account based on your personal situation. Okay. There's another plan that the government set up for similar purposes, I think, to help people be able to put a down payment on a home. It's called the Home Buyer's Plan. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, the Home Buyer's Plan, and not an acronym, HBP, mm-hmm. is within the RSP. So for first-time home buyer, you can take up to $35,000 from your RSP, right. tax-exempt, to contribute to your first home. So theoretically, if you are maximizing all your contribution, then you would have $40,000 from your FHSA and whatever growth based on that, plus the $35,000 from your RSP HBB plan to contribute to your first home. Now, right. one caveat is the $35,000 that you take from RSP, you need to pay it back within 15 years. Okay. 
So then you'd be making contributions to your RSP that are really just catching up for what you took out before. Correct. Okay, so that's the FHSA. Maybe we'll talk about some of that other sort of alphabet soup of investment vehicles that people have heard about, obviously, but not, not exactly what the differences are between them. Let's start with, we talked about the RSP. Maybe just a little primer on what the RSP is and how that differs from an FHSA. Yeah, the RSP is the Registered Retirement Saving Plan. It is intended to help you to save for your retirement. So there's a contribution limit everyone has to contribute to your RSP. Is that based on what your income was the previous year? Yeah, it's calculated based on your income level, and there's up to a maximum amount that you can contribute to it. Right. So the dollar you contribute to it is tax deductible. That's right. where you get tax refund coming back. And then you can grow your investment in that account, you can keep growing it. By the time you retire, you start taking money out, that dollar will become taxable income down the road. Right. right? So the idea is you're now in your money-earning years, you're in high tax brackets. When you are in your retirement, you start drawing those funds out and you're probably in a lower tax right. bracket and that's some benefits in it. So the tax burden is less than when you're taking it exactly. out. Exactly. So if somebody earns like $50,000 and they invest $5,000 in RSP, then their taxable income comes down by the 5000 Exactly. It's at $45,000 yep. of taxable income. Okay. So then when you hit the age of 71, the RSP becomes a? RRIF, which is the Registered Retirement Income Fund. Right. So essentially, instead of going in contributing mode, you're in a withdrawal mode. So right. you need to convert that RSP to RRIF, right. and you can start taking money out, and the money that you take out, as we said before, will be taxable. Right, and if I understand correctly, you're actually required to take some of it out, right? There There's you... a minimum amount that you need to take out per year when it's converted to RRIF. Right, okay. So TFSA has now been around for a while. People are maybe a bit more familiar with yeah. it, but tell me how that works and how that differs from the RSP. Yeah, so tax-free saving account, that's what it stands for, right. is basically to help Canadians to save money and whatever capital gains that they get is tax-free. That's right. what tax-free part is. The only difference is, let's say you make $1,000 and then it will be taxable, and then whatever you contribute to TFSA is post-tax. Right. Right? So you do need to pay for the tax for the amount that you invest in the TFSA. The good thing is, let's say $1,000 after X number of years becomes 2000 the incremental $1,000 is tax-exempt. So you're growing your money tax-free. So it's the growth that's tax-free. It's not the initial investment in that's the right. TFSA. That's right. And there's also a limit on how much you can put in a TFSA? Yeah, the limit each year is different based on the rate set by the government, but mm-hmm. you can easily go look up what is the historic rate. And all the amounts carry forward. So it's always good to check how much room you have. And essentially, even if money putting in a savings account, if you have room in TFSA, it's better to put it in TFSA because the incremental interest that you earn will be tax-free. Right. So I think it's around six or $7,000 a year. I think it's somewhere around that. Yeah. And that just accumulates. You don't put any money in a TFSA for 10 years. You've got sixty dollars or $70,000 worth of TFSA room. That's right. And if you take money out of your TFSA at a certain point, does that reopen the room that you have in it? Yes, it does. And you need to wait until the next tax year to contribute that room back. Okay. So if you max out in your limit, you take 5000 out this year, you cannot put 5000 back in this year. You got to wait till next year to put that 5000 right. in. Okay. All right. We'll move on to the next one, the RESP. I understand you yourself now have a six-month-old. Yes. And you're probably thinking about this yourself. Tell us about the RESP. Yeah, this is the Registered Education Saving 
plan. And so it's basically the government try to incentivize Canadians to save for post-secondary education. So the Canadian government will match up to a certain percentage of your mm. contribution every year, up to a lifetime of $7,200 that the government will contribute to add to your contribution on OESP, right? So every year you can contribute to your OESP, government will match up to, I think, between 10 to 20%, depending on the income level, up to 7200 And then you can accumulate those dollars. And when it's used for your children's education, the incremental gains on those will be tax exempt. Right. So pretty much free money. So even if you're not making a great rate of return on whatever you invest in the RESP, you're still getting something back because the government's topping Absolutely. it up. Absolutely. Right. And then when, say, your kid goes off to university and you're using the RESP money, you're withdrawing that from the account, that's taxable? For the student. Right. And so the student probably at that time don't earn any income, so right. he or she wouldn't be taxed at right. that uh, Or situation. at a very low rate. Or a very anyway. super low rate, yeah. Okay. All right, the next one that perhaps fewer people might have heard about, what's an RDSP? It's the Registered Disability Saving Plan. So this is a program for individuals with disabilities to save money, and there's actually government contributions. So okay. you can receive up to $3 of government funding for every dollar that you contribute hmm. based on the income level of the individual. And finally, an MPSA. Stephen, you should be familiar with that one because it's our own product. It's I'm the Momentum Plus Savings Account. And so that's not related to any registered account. It's a high interest saving account that we offer our customers. And so if you're looking for a good rate to put some money away and you can lock some money in, then that's a good vehicle for you to earn some interest. All right. Get a little plug in there. That's good. That's right. Those are the key alphabet saving plans. Well, Kingsley, thank you so much for explaining that alphabet soup of savings plans. Thanks so much for doing that. Thanks for having me, Stephen. It's great to be here. I've been speaking with Kingsley Chack, who is Senior Vice President of Deposit Savings and Investments at Scotiabank. And hey, this is our last episode of the season. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in week after week. And we look forward to seeing you in the fall for another season. The Perspectives Podcast is made by me, Stephen Maurice, Armina Lagaya, and our producer, Andrew Norton. For a transcript of this episode, visit our website, scotiabank.com slash perspectives. Have a great summer, and we'll see you next time.